G'day, Australia and other countries listening. We are The Breakfast Show live. It's Mon, it's Blake, and it's breakfast. <laughs> and it's Tuesday. Woo-hoo-hoo. Is Tuesday. that your breakfast that I'm looking at over there? Uh, part of it, yes. Cinnamon donut Fruit Loops. Yeah, from America. From, oh, oh, someone brought that for you from America? Yes, someone so named cool. Costco. <laughs> hey, Costco. Yeah, thanks a lot for that giant oversized Fruit Loop box of cinnamon donut cereal. Uh, Monica. Yes. Oh, sorry, I always say Monica and then you no, feel no, like you're fine, in trouble. No, it's fine. It's fine. I'm like a full ahead. name guy sometimes. Yeah, I know. I know. You've explained gonna, this to me before. I'm going to try to say Mon. I, you can call me Mon Mon. You can call me Moni. Mon Mon? I get Mon Mon a lot. Mon Mon. Really? Mm. Is that allowed? Yeah. Oh, we're going to do the Mon Mon show. <laughs> this is Mon Mon. Okay, Mon Mon, what are you thankful for? Oh, I'm so thankful for our listeners. I am preemptively thankful for our listeners because I'm coming at them hard today. I'm going to ask them to please phone into our show and give me gardening advice. And I'm going to preemptively thank them for that gardening advice because I'm very, very scared. I'm going to attempt to do some gardening today, everyone, and I... I need help. So I've got a two by four, like a like a, a plot of ground. It's two meters by four meters, roughly. It's just dirt. And I'm going to be planting. I've got a bunch of seeds. I've got everlastings, different kinds of everlastings, and different kinds of poppies and straw flowers. And in my head, I'm just like, I'm just going to go to Bunnings and get like a bunch of, I don't know, bags of dirt and then just mix all the seeds into the dirt, like just turn it all over. And then I'm just going to chuck it on the ground and then put water. Is that going to work? Someone tell me. 0491064669. And thank you. What are you grateful for? Is that going to work? Uh, I'm uh, thankful for Australian merino wool. Isn't it great? Yeah. I've just bought some thermals for Finland. Oh, yeah. And 100% merino wool. So thank you, sheep. Yeah. All through Australia. You're going to actually probably save my life. Amen. Yeah. Yes, so that's what tough. I'm thankful for. Yeah. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Coming up on Faith FM, workers fear for the future as the mill that produced the last ream of Australian white paper has closed down for the foreseeable future. Yep. We also have Americans calling for safety checks on COVID vaccines, and we want to get you finance fit for 2023. Ooh la la. You're listening to Faith FM, where I give Mon cinnamon donut flavored Fruit Loops. Like that, crumbs from a table. That have fallen to the table, <laughs> and she loves them. Because I saw your face. Yeah, I couldn't hide that. <laughs> <laughs> like, you literally, you were, you were like, had this face, like, I want to try that. And then you tried it, and you were like, wow. Yeah. I'm so, so disdainful of Fruit Loops, but as soon as they're in my mouth, I'm like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably terrible for you. and oh, So terrible. Faith of him is not a sponsor of Fruit Loops. Just want to throw that out there. We do not condone. Uh, but it's early in the morning, <laughs> and I found these ones, and it just reminded me of home. In fact, the cinnamon donut ones, like, that's a crazy flavor. So don't eat a bunch yeah. of them, but every little bit of them. I've never even heard of cinnamon donut Fruit Loops before. I feel like they would actually be substantially more healthy than the Fruit Loop the ones. Fruit they themselves. do. I tell myself any, that when I'm yeah. eating them. Because they don't have any color. <laughs> <laughs> and then have like less crazy. Like, you know, flavors. have you ever seen a seal at like uh you know like Ocean World or oh, Sea yeah, World? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like that guy. <laughs> and like the Fruit Loop box is the trainer, <laughs> and I just reach in, and I get a little oh, little one for doing a good job. 
You're doing a good job. All right, I got myself one of these. This your ones. treats. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> All right. Maybe I should have control of the fruit loop box, and every time you do a good segment you on there. You throw it up in the air, and I catch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. how we're going to do radio from now on. Yeah. But let's kick off our uh, quiz today. Um, our quiz actually, we're not gonna we're not gonna give it away too much, but it actually relates to more than just the quiz. A, a part of it is a little bit related to the show today. What? Mm, schnicky, schnicky. All right, so it's a uh, once again, it's a it's a what creature am I? We've really been enjoying these what creature am I quizzes. The prize rules are. There'll be one winner drawn on Friday. You get one chance a day. If you're wrong, you're out for the day. So you have to choose if you want to risk it for the 500 points or if you want to be safe and wait until you're 100% sure to get the answer right. Um, so you, you can't sort of like guess twice, basically, what we're saying. You have one Well, you guess. can, but you won't get points. Right, right, exactly. Okay. And, uh, and the prize is a double prize. I'm not kidding. It's two books. You get the uh, two books by... Celadonio Donio Garcia Pozuelo Ramos. It's the amazing world of insects and amazing nature. Two incredible, like gorgeous, colorful books. I want to win. Yeah, they're so cool. If um if you're into you know nature or insects, this will be great. A uh, little edifying. It's, it's written from a biblical perspective, of course. Um, or a fabulous gift for any kid you know. Okay, are you ready for this? Uh, I'm actually very very scared. The first clue goes like this. I am mentioned in four different chapters in the Bible, but only three different books. <laughs> <laughs> Look at DJ Shell's face. She came up with that clue. She, she, she's out there That's doing a evil laugh. clue. Can we give can we give them 600 points for that? That's like a that's a tough one. I didn't one. even have to hear Shell to see that she was doing an evil laugh. Her face was so maniacal. That's a really difficult quote. Can you read it again? Wow. I am mentioned in four different chapters in the Bible, but only three different books. Wow. 0491064669. I don't think anyone's going to get that 500 points. <laughs> so it is um, a creature though. It is a critter. Yeah. What creature? A critter. Mm-hmm. Well, critter creature. Isn't that what just Americans say for creature? No. Cr- well, it's sort of critters are like tiny little creatures. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, we're just saying creature. Yeah, because I just thought the the Americans were too lazy to say. So it's creature. a big creature. I don't know. Oh, well, I do know. I was trying to say. extract <laughs> yeah. more information no, for our I've listeners who might care about. And I went for a walk, so nothing is getting pulled on me today. Okay. All my endorphins are rolling around in my head, swimming around. So I'm good. I'm good. Hey, I've got a really, really, really cute story today. Okay. This is so sweet. There's a tiny, speaking of America, there's a tiny town in Alabama. Alabama. Alabama who were absolutely shocked to discover that a farmer, uh, a local farmer uh, who has recently passed away, uh, found out um, on the occasion of his funeral, Hody Childress, his name was, from Geraldine, Alabama, has it was revealed that... Hold the, on. Hmm? No. Hmm? No. You what? cannot read what you just read like that. It's Hody Childress from... From Geraldine, Alabama. Geraldine, Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> Hody. <laughs> so him... So it was revealed that this quiet, humble gentleman, this farmer, has sort of been a guardian angel for the town's sick and poor. So he's actually a, uh, a U.S. Air Force veteran, and uh, and he began a covert charity campaign uh, one day when he visited the local pharmacy, the chemist, and learned that all too many of the town's 900 residents couldn't actually afford to pay for their prescriptions for their medication. So he 
secretly began paying for people's pharmacy bills and has been doing that for several decades. Isn't that just so beautiful? Well, how do you... I get it you do it once. How do you secretly pay for somebody's bills for a decade? So he... um. He he heard about his neighbor's inability to pay for to afford their medication. So he handed uh, a gentleman called Brock Walker. Did I get that right? He was the owner of Geraldine Drugs, a hundred dollar bill, and he said, "This hundred dollars. Oh, hang on, should I do this? This here hundred dollars is for anyone who can't afford their prescription. Okay, that's a direct quote. Okay, yeah. So and he said, "Don't tell anyone. Don't tell a soul that this money came from me. Tell them it's a blessing from God." Amen. Yeah, and then a month later, he went back and he handed over another $100 bill with the exact same instructions. He said, don't tell a soul that the money came from me. Tell them it's a blessing from God. And he would then return on the first day of every month with the same instructions, with the same amount of money until um, late late 2022 when he wasn't able to walk anymore due to a pulmonary disease and other health conditions. And that's when he, like, not going to stop him though. He decided to enlist help. Uh, So he entrusted the task to his daughter, Tanya. And, uh, and this is how it got out. So he's now been giving for just decades and helping out people pay for, um, you know, medications that can't afford. Like we enjoy, a really great medical I was system. just thinking yeah. that it's a totally different system. I, well, actually, to be honest, it's one of the reasons I live in Australia is because the system's better. Like, yeah. that's why I'm Australian. Mm-hmm. Like, I love living here knowing that my family has medical care. Well, like, yeah. if they get their fingers chopped off, they don't have to choose which finger to put back, back on, on. Yeah. because of an insurance yeah. issue. Yeah. Which is a real story in it's America. True. Yeah, so America doesn't really have that great of a system. So for this guy to be doing that is so great. And and this guy, um, Hody Childress, like life for him up until this point had been pretty difficult, you know, for himself. He lost a son in 1973. He lost his first wife in 1999. Um, and uh, whom he used to carry into the stands for local football games because of her uh, multiple sclerosis. So he himself has had, you know, from a health standpoint, a lot of a lot of bad stuff happened himself. So he knew what it can feel like. For Hody someone. knows. Hody knows, yeah. And so Hody helped. So this is, um, <laughs> yeah. For someone who's gone through all that and to still be giving is just really incredible. So I am a little bit rebuked by Hody, Hody Childress and his, uh, and his beautiful giving nature, even in the face of adversity. So I would like to encourage people as well to maybe, hey, if things are going bad, maybe give. Mm. Yeah. Well, we are. We've been talking a lot about finances this whole we this whole been. quarter. We are going yeah. to be and continue to be. Uh, I just kind of maybe maybe start a new hashtag. Hashtag Hody helped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you even spell Hody? H O D Y. Hody. Yeah. Hody. That's right. Yeah. Hody helped. Yeah, I was actually thinking yesterday when we were talking about our um, our Bible study on stewardship, and, we, and you were saying how generosity is so against. Um, you know, what the world teaches. And it's true. Like if you think about the whole survival of the fittest, generosity is a complete reversal of the evolutionary belief. Like it just flies in the face. It doesn't make any sense to give away something that you yourself could very easily benefit from. Like generosity is, I think, just such a obvious God thing, to be honest. Like how else can you explain generosity in the face of, um, 
you know, being selfish, survival the fittest, evolution. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. In today's world, generosity doesn't make any sense. So yeah, so what a wonderful guy. So grateful to have this guy. Um well I think he's passed away. Has he passed away? Oh no, he's still going. Uh oh no 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 he's passed away, sorry. So grateful to have had this guy on the planet and uh, and hopefully there'll be more of them soon after this show. We just got a text message, the Good Samaritan. What a great man. What a blessing to society. Yeah. A man of God at heart. Yeah. I would actually love to hear if anyone's doing any secret, maybe secretly, like send us a, a text, like a confessional text, but like a little secret one. We won't read out your name, but maybe tell us, in order to inspire us, not to brag, but inspire us as to how it is you figured out a way to help your fellow men. Actually, that's women. a good idea. Yeah. Just And just put a little thing. We won't read your name if you don't yeah. want it to be read. Yeah. Give uh, us ideas on how to be more generous. Texas 0491064669. What's your little secret uh, generosity recipe? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You're listening to Faith FM... It is a beautiful morning here on The Breakfast Show. Mon and Blake, we are here. We're live. We're from Newcastle, uh, New South Wales, Australia, having a great time here in the studio. And we've got a few, uh, we've got a quiz question coming up here. I don't know where Mon has gone. I think she's run out really quick, but she'll be back. Don't worry. I've got the next question for the quiz. She actually doesn't know that I've actually gone and grabbed the notes, but here it is. Here is the next clue. In the Levitical health laws, uh, I fit in the unclean animal category thanks to verse 10. Okay, but don't remember, do not go and look this up. This is just use your clout, use the mind, use your uh, your memory for this. In the, in the Levitical health laws, so that's in the book of Leviticus, I fit in the unclean animal category thanks to verse 10. This is worth 400 points. Text us at 0491-064-669, and you can win. What can you win? You can win a double book. Oh, it's my microphone. You can win two books. It is uh, Amazing Nature and The Amazing World of Insects. By the way, do you have any idea what it is yet, Blake? I do have an idea of why you disappeared, and now I can see, and it looks delicious. <laughs> I didn't realize how. Short the time was. Wow, (laughs) that looks super good. That's proper breakfast. I'm making bruschetta for breakfast. So you're just like rebuking my cinnamon Fruit Loops. Yep, I'm I'm not eating them. They're just like little snacks for me. Okay, I'm I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to sit here and eat real food. Uh, Anyway, so you can win this double prize, uh, which is really cool. It goes into, um, you know, it talks about uh, how these insects were created. Um, as opposed to being involved. And it talks about the mystery behind creation and uh, the intelligence of the design. So these books are really cool and uh, and really helpful. So you can uh, get The Amazing World of Insects and Amazing Nature if you can tell us what that answer was. I want to shout out Deception Bay, Queensland, by the way. Have you ever heard of that place? I think I have, yeah. Deception Bay, or have you? (laughs) Maybe I'm deceiving you. Have you heard of Deception Bay? (laughs) Queensland on 87.8. I also just want to say hello to our listeners in Munta, <laughs> South Australia. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to laugh. That's where you live. But uh, Munta, I can't say it out loud without uh, laughing. It's a real place and there's real people there and I apologize for my comments. Uh, but 87.6, thanks for listening so much in South Australia. And then we've got 
Uh, we're going to go say a shout-out down down south in Bendigo. Oh, hi, Bendigo. Bendigo, Victoria. Yeah. The southern place. parts of Australia listening in on 88.0. Thank you so much for listening. We just really enjoy it, and we're so thankful for our community of listeners all around, even in Munta, which is the <laughs> coolest name of a place. So now I have to go and visit there. If you're if you're listening from Munta right now, Texas 0491-064-669, give us an opportunity to get down to Munta. Yeah. Wouldn't it be so cool to just like travel around Australia to all these places and just like Absolutely. do radio show like on I the road? I think there was an idea there for a while to do that. I'm ready to go. Did, yeah. Let's go. Yeah, 100%. We're a little bit adventurous, this crew. Just a little bit. Uh, things are getting wild down in the Opal Australian Papers Maryvale Mill. This is so sad. They have suspended white paper production indefinitely due to a lack of timber supply with Vic Forest's operations. Court orders threaten native timber logging in Victoria. So white paper is no longer being made in Australia. This is it. After the nation's last dream came off the line at the weekend, with the potential to send paper prices skyrocketing. But I don't understand, like, I get that there's a shortage, but shortages surely have a solution. Just You just got to wait it out until you get more in, right? Well, they don't know how long it's going to be. It's an interesting thought. The, the mill's near... Wow, I'm not going to be able to say this. I'm going to have a look. Traralgon. I knew. I knew it was going to be Traralgon. I knew as, oh. soon, as soon as you like. I was Tra- like, yeah, he's stumbling. Near Traralgon. Traralgon. Great, great little place down in uh, Victoria. It sounds like a monster. Yeah. <laughs> down near Traralgon <laughs> in eastern Victoria was the nation's last producer of white paper, which has a variety of uses, obviously, uh, including office supplies, exercise books, printed bills, envelopes, custom posters. It's interesting. It's the reflex one. You know the oh yeah that's, yeah, yeah. that's it mm-hmm. that's Australian's paper oh, man. So, you know you know what I'm talking about right yeah 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 not anymore Don uh, I think it's gone up uh, by fifty percent per pack already really yeah literally already I, I literally have to buy I literally have to buy a printer today it's on my to do list buy a printer get some paper get some ink should have gone in yesterday yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should have got it yesterday because it's uh-huh. bad move on your part. <laughs> Pay Should, double today. <laughs> obviously, you're not friends with the the fellas down at Opal Australia's paper paper mill down there. Uh, one of the boys down there said, I think his name is Trevor, says it was very surreal for us guys that have been there for anywhere between 10 and 20 years. It was a bit strange mm-hmm. to see that last ream. And we took a photo. We were smiling in the photo, but that wasn't the way we were actually feeling at the time. It was a very... Sad moment. Now, Opal has not said whether or not it will permanently stop manufacturing white paper at the plant, but that it was seriously considering the future closure of its white paper operations. The mill previously produced up to 200,000 tons of white paper per year with 300 reams of paper created a minute. Is this going to affect jobs, like the people working there? Or are they, are they now... Like, no, 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 okay. definitely. You so keep they've saying, already you laid keep off. saying white paper. Does that mean like they're still going to be doing I don't brown know, paper? Pink, pink paper? No, paper in general, I think. Okay, okay. Uh, the Construction, Forestry, Mining, and Energy Union organizer at the mill, Anthony Pavey, said 50 workers had already been stood down. Oh. And he expected another 70 workers to be stood down by this week. And so it's 120 people who have lost their jobs essentially almost overnight. Which is pretty, pretty wild stuff to be on, honest. Uh, 
And he, I think he actually says it's probably the hardest thing for most guys is the uncertainty because mm. they could come back, they might not, and mm-hmm. so they're they're not being fired; mm-hmm. they're just being stood down yeah. until a decision is made, not knowing what the future holds. He says, and when, where, and how they're going to be sorting us all out. I feel our direct management above us are in the shadows as well because they seem to be bewildered by it as well. Can you imagine, right? Can you imagine? If they make the decision to shut down the whole thing and never make paper in Australia again, right? And then if we get into dire straits and suddenly we can't have any paper imported and suddenly our country runs out of paper. Can you imagine? Well, already, well, I mean, it it actually talks about that. The end of white paper production in Australia is sending prices skyrocketing. Copy paper will be at least 50% more expensive in the short term. So it's already risen. Like, like, we're just sitting here in the studio right now, and we are surrounded by bits of paper. That's true. I've got a timesheet in front of me. I have the we're piece s- of paper with the with the words for the sign the sign off and the phone number. You've got your get it. We're done gonna have sheets. to go back to just leather. <laughs> just like leather papyrus. Scrolls. We're gonna start growing reeds. Yeah. No, no, not papyrus. <laughs> we're going full right, animal everyone. skins written all over on there. We need it. We need to go plant some reeds in our in our get a po- everyone get a pond. Plant some reeds, but then we're gonna we're gonna roll some papyrus paper. Wow, it it's pretty it's pretty crazy stuff to be honest. Like, uh, and let it, the final quote here is basically said he said there could be a shortage of white paper if there were any delays in overseas supply chains. Unless there is support to reopen the mill, then we definitely need tariffs on paper removed. Right. Wow. So it's it's a it's a big thing for sure yeah. that's happening. Another thing that's happening, I just wanted to share as well too. Uh, the there's been a huge uh, call for safety check on COVID vaccines in America right now. Almost 60%, according to a poll, of Americans want Congress to now investigate the safety of COVID-19 vaccines, with 7% or around 12 million people say they have experienced a major side effect mm. uh, uh, as a direct result of Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson shots. So 7%. Major side effect, and I think the other number was 34% are claiming that they've uh, impacted with a moderate side effect. Yeah, I, I had a I had a pretty severe side effect, and I would love to sue Visa. <laughs> Don't know Honestly, how that's really going to happen on there, but I do know that talking about other people who have had those uh, reactions, mm-hmm. uh, one of them is... A claim from Tesla chief executive and Twitter owner, Elon Musk, said, I had major side effects from my second booster shot. Felt like I was dying for several days. Hopefully, no permanent damage, but I don't know. And Mr. Musk tweeted over the weekend, adding that his cousin, who is young and in peak health, had a serious case of myocarditis and had to go to the hospital. And with so many cases of myocarditis around the world, there are calls for safety checks on covid 19, vaccine, effectiveness, yeah. and safety. I'm not an anti-vaxxer by any stretch of the imagination, but I definitely regret getting vaccinated. Yeah. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Breakfast Show with Mon Mon and Blake <laughs> with some cinnamon donut, Fruit Loops, and bruschetta. A beautiful mix. Every breakfast show. <laughs> it really turns your stomach just really thinking just about it. Makes me sick <laughs> to my stomach, actually. But we are also on our third quiz question. Yes. This one is worth three hundred points. 
Yeah. So the quiz is a what creature am I? Mm. This is our next clue. I was used to smite the borders of Egypt during the ten plagues. Oh. Yeah. And you are playing. By the way, you are playing for a wonderful um, double prize. It's it's two books: Amazing Amazing Nature and Amazing World of Insects. Uh, they are beautiful, full color illustrations and photography in these books that support the instructional language, so that children and adults can understand and appreciate nature to a greater extent. That's what you're playing for. If you can tell me what creature was used to smite the borders of Egypt during the ten plagues, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Very interesting. I'm actually just kind of processing that right now, uh-huh. and I'm just like, what animal could this be? Who could it be now? Well, we never know. <laughs> Give us a call zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. We have got someone on on our line. That you actually know. This is funny because yesterday you were like, I don't know this person. I was like, 100% you know this person because you officiate, well, you emceed Harley and Eliza's wedding. That's mm. DJ Shell's son. Mm-hmm. And this lady was actually one of the bridesmaids in the film. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So you remember Tristy? Oh, I do. Yeah. Morning, Tristy. Are you there? I'm here. Good morning. Good morning. It's so nice to be talking to you on a beautiful Tuesday morning. Tristy, you are on air with us because you've done something extraordinary. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> you have written a kid's book. I'm so stoked about this. I'm actually holding it in front of me right now. It is called Little Frog Learns Faith. Have you seen this, Blake? I'm looking Check at it right it now. I'm this handing it over. Cool. I'm handing it over. So, Tristy, you, you wrote – like, I'm I'm really supportive of Adventist authors. Like, every, like, you know how people say everyone has a story in them and they just need to get it out? I feel like – Adventists really just got to get on top of getting it out. How how did this book come about, Tristy? Because you're um you've got some kids, right? I do have children. I've got two beautiful children, uh, one girl, one boy, and with a really um, cool I'd name, actually, if I remember correctly. Like, what's your daughter's name again? Lalita. That's right. Love it, Lalita. Lalita and Oliver, isn't it? That's correct. Love That's the name. So beautiful. Yeah, we did too. <laughs> um. <laughs> So really, I guess the inspiration for this book, um, I listened to a sermon and it had talked about how faith is an action that we live out in our lives, not just some sort of unreal head knowledge that sits around in our head. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, we really should be taking actions on our faith, not just thinking about it. Yeah. And like for the kids, I'm like, how do I express that idea to them at a level that they can understand? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, obviously the best way to teach is through stories. Jesus did that himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, I was driving home one afternoon and these ideas were floating around in my head and without spoiling the story too much for those who haven't read it, um, I did get blinded by the sun for a little bit, you know, how in the afternoon it's oh, sort of just yeah. hit And you feel like it's yeah. really dangerous. You're driving along and you can't see anything because the sun's like taking your eyes out. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not an ideal situation. Um, But thankfully I didn't crash, um, so praise God. um, But that experience sort of gave me um, more ideas of how to tell a story for, um, you know, living by faith. And it all just sort of came together after that. (laughs) 
And now Blake Blake is Blake is completely I'm reading up. the he book right so now. He's so absorbed Sorry. with your book right now, Tristy. I'm on like page nine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get into the good bit. Yeah. <laughs> on page nine. But I was just thinking, like, because I'm not a parent myself, but I can imagine that parents are often having to come up with ways to explain stuff to their kids, right? Coming up with little stories or coming up with examples or analogies or, um, you know, just just ways to get their kids to grasp a concept. And I feel like, like that is storytelling at its heart, right? And I feel like so many parents don't realize they're sitting on a potential book. If they just take, mm. take the explanation that they've cooked up, that they've come up with to get their kid to understand something and developed it, like that's an idea for a book, right? Like, would you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely would agree with it. And I would encourage those who, you know, have done that because we all have, you know, those of us who have children, we have to explain things every day and find ways to explain them. Um, and, yeah, share those ideas with other parents and, you know, write a book and submit it and because we all need some help. <laughs> how did how did you go about with the process of getting your book published? I am interested. Well, you got, you got- yeah, sorry, I was just going to say, big plot twist here, page 14, <laughs> things are getting wild. <laughs> Let's just say plop. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, tell us, tell us how you went about um, with the actual like the nitty gritty of getting a book published. Um, for me, I was trying to look for a publisher that I could submit to, just being sort of a member of the general public. Yeah, because I'm not an already published author. There wasn't a lot of publishers who were willing to look at my work. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a few out there that you can submit to, and I would encourage people to do that, to find a publisher who is willing to take submissions from anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did this. I found one over in England, actually, called Austin McCauley. Oh, yeah. And um, so basically I submitted to them. They came back to me with, like, okay, this is a proposed contract. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time in prayer about whether this was the right publisher to go with. Um, and God answered those prayers in an amazing, amazing way. Amen. And, um, so yeah, we signed the contract and, and then it was just back and forth, like, okay, we're approving the script, making sure there's no spelling mistakes. And, um, then, you know, back and forth about the pictures and the illustrations, what I liked and what I didn't like. And then, um, yeah, it was done. I mean, it does take time, but it does get there. So, did you have to? <clears throat> excuse me, did you have to illustrate it as well? Because I know that not everyone who can, you know, create and, and write a story also has the skills to illustrate. Much like myself, I can't really draw anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I hadn't done art since about grade twelve. So, right. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, I did do a few drawings just to sort of give them a concept of the style I like. But, um, yeah, they had an in-house artist that did all the illustrations for us, but I did give feedback and approval of what I liked and what I didn't like. So I still had, um, you know, sort of my input into it, but I definitely wasn't the one doing the actual artwork. Yeah, fascinating. Um, Blake, I see that you've finished reading it. Mm-hmm. I've gone back just to recheck my uh, facts. <laughs> Do you have a review, a live review of this book that you just read? Uh, it was riveting. <laughs> <laughs> riveting. Yep. And 
I, I did. I really enjoyed it. I love the message that it teaches uh, to take a leap of faith, honestly. Yeah. Like to, uh, to go out and sometimes you don't know exactly what's coming in your future, but if you True. can rely on the promises of God, mm-hmm. you will make it home safely. Like you're a, you're a dad, and I and you're a storyteller. I can just imagine you must be like, you must have told so many stories over the years to your kids <laughs> to get them to like understand things, right? Oh yeah, I tell stories should, all the dude, time. You should like write some books. Maybe. Well, now that I've gotten Little Frog learns faith. Uh, how do I say? Is it you're saying Tristy, but is it Tristarnia? Tristarnia. Yeah, my my full name is Tristania. Tristania. So that's what's written on the book is the author, but um, just call me Tristy. Okay, Tristy. Okay, Tristy Walker. uh, I like the book a lot. Yeah, no, I I tell stories all the time to my kids, and Mm. uh, we read, we do our best to read. We don't do it every day because, you know, life is kind of crazy, but to the best of our abilities, we try to read every night uh, a story that helps us build our faith. And we have uh, family worship time that we come together and we. We pray and we spend time either sometimes in the Bible, sometimes just a story of faith building. I would definitely read this book for mm-hmm. sure with my kids. Um, Wonderful. 100%. Yeah. No, yeah. it's cool, cool, cool story for sure. And I like... Because um, reading with your kids is really important, right? I do. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think it's yeah. one of the... I think it's one of the best things you can do with your kids. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes a difference in their life and your life. And, and we put all of our phones to the side. We oh, turn all good. of our screens off, all mm-hmm. the technology off, and we just say, hey, we're just going to be together as a family and read. Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. Tristy, I, I, just, I was just reminded of something. I used to work with a family who um, they had attempted to only let their kids read one book and that was the King James version of the Bible, um, that book oh. and that book only. And um, and they were discovering that the kids Power weren't, move. Yeah, weren't terribly interested because they just couldn't understand it. And so after years of trying to get their kids to um, only enjoy this one book, they they saw the error of their ways and they realized they might need something that was a bit more at their age bracket. And so they got a copies of um, uh, like Uncle Arthur's bedtime stories. And it really helped I- kids to grasp you know, biblical um, concepts at their age level. So what age level has this book been written at? And, like, how, do you have any tips and tricks to getting your kids to, to, to understand sort of biblical ideals? Um, so I'd say this book is geared from three to five, depending on the, you know, maturity age of the child. Agreed. Um, tips and tricks for... What was the question? <laughs> to, to, to help kids to understand, like, Bible stories, I guess. You know, some of them are, like, okay. way over the top of their heads. Yeah, I mean, depending on the age, you want to pick the right story for the child. Mm. Um, you know, some of those deep theological discussions that Christ has with the Pharisees is not really a children's story. Um, right. So I wouldn't be reading them to the kids. Um, so obviously finding ones that they... Um, are interested in, I mean, I find my children love creation. I could read them the creation oh, story really? every day and they would love it. Um, that's so cute. Yeah, so that's like one of their favorite stories. And it's great. It's one of my favorite stories actually too. And, you know, you don't even have to, um, like reading is definitely important, but, you know, you can go out before your worship and pick a flower and bring it inside, read them creation story and then show them the flower. Mm. And it, um, it just really helps bring it more alive mm-hmm. to them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, trying to incorporate the um, what's around you into uh, what you're reading, I think, is really important too. Yeah, amen. That's a really great idea. I hadn't thought about that one. I think the other thing, uh, what Tristy, you're just like touching on there, is object lessons. You know, like mm. everything that you, everything that's out in nature. Uh, teaches us a lesson about the character of God in some capacity. You know, from you could get a lump of coal, you could get a diamond, you know, you can go out and uh, find a little tree sapling, you can look at a tomato. Everything, there is something there. You know, like there's a seed in the tomato, there's uh, like uh, children of God, we grow like the young sapling when we are watered, you know, uh, we're precious like diamonds and uh, coal is like something that under pressure can turn into a diamond as mm. well too. And so you have all these little object lessons that teach us about the character of God and teach us life lessons that can help us grow as well too. So I think that's a really good idea, Tracy. And it's something I want to honestly do a little bit more is yeah. the object lessons as well too. We, yeah. do the, we do the reading a lot, but I like the object lessons. That's good. Yeah. No, so, I think it's really good for the children. Oh, absolutely. Um, I just want to point out that you're doing you, – Sorry, your new book here, your first book here, Tracy, Little Frog Learns Faith, is actually available all over the place. So it's uh, available on Angus and Robinson. It's available at Booktopia, at Blackwell's, at eBay, uh, World of Books, The Nile Australia on Amazon, um, and potentially coming up soon at Kurong and the ABC, the uh, on a Better Books and Foods. Um, did I miss any place or is, is there more? Um, no, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well. good job. And you've been you've been busily doing um, uh, readings with kids and and uh, and doing little book club meetings, which is really great. Good on you. I really want to encourage everyone who might not have thought of themselves as a as a writer before to maybe just you know see what you can do. And we we really just need more adventurous authors. I've always thought about a story about uh, maybe like an American animal. Oh yeah, that comes, comes to, to Australia, Australia <laughs> illegally, and has to deal but only with for a time. Only for a time, and then is given a passport, and has to deal with the koalas and, and the kangaroos becomes and the sharks. A host on Faith FM. I it's have- a totally <laughs> random story that has nothing to do with anything in real life. Obviously, <laughs> completely unrelated. <laughs> um, hey, Tristy, the good news is I have two copies of this book, and one of them I'm keeping, and no one can have it. But the other one I am giving away for free today on Faith FM. Just be the first person to call through right now, 0491-064-669. This is unrelated to all our other giveaways today. Call up. You can get a copy of Tristy's new book, Little Frog Learns Faith. Thank you so much for joining us, Tristy. And uh, congratulations on the publication. And we hope to see a sequel, maybe Big Frog Learns Faith next. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.